poop your pants or throw up on your shirt? Um, ooh. That's a tough one. That's the toughest one yet. I'm going to take throw up on my shirt, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one right there, it's man. It's a tough one because yeah. like you, you got the smell, you know? Like if you throw up on your shirt, you got the smell coming up. Right, your nose. yeah. If you poop and it's your more pants, visible. Yeah, it's more visible. If you poop yeah. your pants, you can just run to the bathroom. Like, and, it, and, and if it's winter, like it's like warms you up a bit, you know? It's yeah. not like, you know, it's right. not... You're, you're warming me up to the idea of pooping my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Something I never thought I would say. Our guest today is a central pillar in the Borderlands community with possibly the largest channel in this space. He has over 700,000 total followers and is constantly growing with absolutely no sign of slowing down. But YouTube and Twitch isn't the only thing he does. However, having recently organized a successful charity scavenger hunt to raise money at St. Jude's Children's Hospital, I'm excited to welcome what is our largest and most long-awaited guest to date, Killer6. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's an absolute pleasure. I'll call you Jay. That's yeah, okay. Cool. Yep, yeah. perfect. Glad to have you on, Jay. And, and there's so many things I want to talk about today. And being a Borderlands fan myself, you know, um, I, I'm wondering, when did you get into Borderlands? In the first place yeah so the very first time that i even really checked out borderlands was uh when borderlands 2 was about to come out i was big into the call of duty scene back then i was like top 500 in the world and uh, kill confirmed on uh, modern warfare 3 and i was looking for like a change of pace i was i was kind of fed up with doing pvp stuff it was just stressing me out all the time and i saw a television commercial for borderlands 2 and it was like the one bajillion guns commercial I was like, ooh, that looks cool. So went to the midnight launch, got my copy, went home, fell in love. Very cool. And at the time, were you making content? Not at first, no. For like the um, first month and a half or so that the game came out, I was just playing it and having fun. And, uh, you know, it was uh, when the first DLC came out, which I believe was November of that year is when I released my first video. Oh, and I mean, and since then, you, you haven't really uh, changed franchise, really. No. You stuck to <laughs> it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I kind of, I really fell head over heels in love with uh, the entire Borderlands, like, way of things. And uh, most of the other games I play just don't hold my attention for whatever reason, so. Right. That's that's funny, because you know Borderlands is made here in, 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 in Quebec, in Quebec City, specifically. Mm -hmm. um, I visited the, the studio a few weeks back. Uh, one of the founders is a good friend of mine and um, actually spending Valentine's Day with him. If he's listening, uh, Didier, uh, hello. Uh, so I want to give him some feedback on the game from you mm. tomorrow while we have our Valentine's Day or, or special special date. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> After all these hours spent in the game, what is the number one thing that frustrates you still? today hmm. um honestly probably the most frustrating thing is just the um it, it it feels like sometimes when a new game comes out that some lessons aren't taken 
from the previous installment and brought with it to the next one. Uh, Borderlands 3 is a good example of that with like the dedicated drops that were at the beginning of Borderlands 3. Now they they learned and they fixed and they pivoted and made that just the absolute best all around Borderlands game to this point. But I'm not sure why at launch they didn't say, okay, this is the kind of thing that the fans like. Let's have that in there. And then Wonderlands came out and it, it kind of did the same thing. It uh, It tried to do something different and it just didn't quite work. Hmm. So I guess that's probably the the answer is when uh, when they try something and it doesn't work and then they don't pivot to yeah. making it work. I don't know. I know it's not that easy. I'm not a game dev. I know it's not easy. <laughs> yeah, you you, you want to kind of like try new things while keeping true to the franchise. I think that's yeah. maybe like the the sweet spot that they're, absolutely you know most devs go for when mm-hmm. they're they're building a franchise. Yeah, uh, as you said, it's really i mean i wouldn't like it's hard to do it's very hard to do it's it's something that you know managing expectations as well right mm-hmm. from a game like because because you know everybody wants to relive their first experience playing that game for the oh, first yeah. time but it's never going to happen so in, in many ways it's like an unrealistic expectation in in, in some cases oh, yeah. right absolutely and so that's why they, they want to bring new features in the game mm-hmm. well what's like maybe could you pinpoint like what keeps you going though? Cause we've just, you know, you just talked about maybe something that you don't like as much or right. but what is like the number one thing? Can you think of the number one thing that keeps you going with the game? To sure, this yeah. Day? Yeah. It's gameplay for me. A hundred percent gameplay. I know a lot of people, there's people that prefer story. There's people that like a mix of story, a mix of gameplay. I'm pure gameplay. Um, story can be whatever. I really don't care about story that much. I'm not trying to knock, you know, story, but I grew up on like, you know, Nintendo and Atari and uh, arcade machines. The closest thing we had to story was the princesses in another castle. You know what I mean? So uh, for me, it's just pure gameplay and Borderlands. The thing about Borderlands games is um, and like Borderlands 2, for example, I played for like about seven years, basically, until we waited, you know, for the new game to come out. And every single playthrough, something new happens. It's it's a guarantee that every time you do a playthrough, you're going to encounter something new. There's going to be some gameplay element that you're like, oh, that's awesome. I hadn't done that before. There's just so much depth to all the Borderlands games that it's kind of hard to get bored. To get Borderlands? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, I'm fired. Oh, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why I had to do it. Now, <laughs> you love Borderlands so much. You, you've you've done some charity mm-hmm. with Borderlands, the charity scavenger hunt. Yes, uh, for St. Jude. Like, can you? Uh, I mean, how did it get started, and and how did it go? Okay, well, the the St. Jude uh, fundraising stuff is done through what we call the hunt. It's like an or, like a organized scavenger hunt where we look for items in different Borderlands games. Uh, the first person or the first people who actually organized the hunt uh, to be a charity fundraiser was King Gathalion and Professor Broman, and they did an awesome job. They were constantly, you know, um, doing these events. And then, you know, obviously they, they got busy with, you know, Destiny and uh, Gathalion. He had a lot of other stuff that, you know, he was working on as well. So um, it, it felt like it was kind of like falling by the wayside. Not Not that they weren't doing anything, but... Uh, that, you know, me and Jolt's dude decided, you know, let's pick up the reins. Let's, you know, keep this thing going and keep raising money. 
Um, the original founder of the hunt, I want to go ahead and mention, was PBR Ganzo as well. So credit to him too. But yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that you know I, I've been very fortunate in my life, and uh, I have a son, and we've been very fortunate with him. But I know that there's others who aren't as fortunate. And if we can do anything with our platforms to try and help others, then it's just a it's a good thing to do. So mm. I mean, it must be like you know you must hit some some roadblocks along the way organizing something like this this scale right uh, yeah this magnitude like what was like some of the things that y- you thought like maybe i i shouldn't do this or i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> that's just too much trouble right you mean for the for the hunt and the fundraiser yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. yeah the the hardest thing is um number one coming up with like a rule set that everybody can agree on <laughs> like i know it's for charity but people take it very seriously. There's some really talented people in our community that are really good at the game. And uh, everybody wants to make sure that everybody's on a level playing field. And it's hard to do that, especially, I mean, you have to factor in, you know, console players and PC players, and you got to make sure that, you know, everybody has the same essential rule set. And uh, that, that alone is challenging, but then there's like the the website uh, side of things. And luckily we had some awesome people that helped with that uh, job and Brockes and uh, a bunch of other people but without without all the different people that help along the way it would be impossible so credit goes to all anybody out there watching that helped you guys are the real mvps on this thing man yeah i mean it's um it's a huge thing to accomplish um and the sad part of it is sometimes like charity gets um is synonym of like scam for a lot of people mm-hmm. yeah like what are you i mean did it happen to you no. people like no never no, no. well i mean we do all of our stuff through tiltify there's no like nothing ever comes to me at all except uh gearbox and uh, 2k would send me prizes and then i spent my own money to distribute those prizes so if like anybody wanted to say you know maybe k6 kept a prize or something i didn't but <laughs> Yeah. Like I, I literally spent uh, over a thousand dollars shipping out prizes myself. So. Wow! Yeah, there you yeah. go. We want to see those. Quick. We want to see those receipts, though. Oh, we I need, got we need proof. I got them. Really? For my, you kept my them? accountant, my accountant demanded them. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, oh, like a thousand bucks. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Um, I mean, and, and then you know, did that help you grow your your channel on on YouTube or Twitch at um, all? Or I, I don't, I don't know if the the hunt uh is see here's the thing with with the hunt it's not even about me at all like i try not to even be like you're like in the shadow yeah i I just i just want to be off on the side like helping people stay organized and for for me and um and others involved in it it's more about promoting like the smaller streamers in the community too like uh i would spend you know a couple hours each day just jumping around to like the smaller streamers who had like the hunt in their title on twitch or youtube and just checking in on them seeing how they were doing and see what they thought about the rules and stuff like that so i don't know that i really got much if any growth just from doing the hunt and i'm okay with that (laughs) yeah no for sure i mean you've you've managed like to to get pretty great growth as well just Mm. i I guess organically or or doing other things as well like right how how do you like or what do you attribute your growth to over the years um probably consistency um i i kind of keep a pretty regular upload schedule 
Um, I'm always doing playthroughs and always trying new and, and what I think are interesting playthroughs and uh, trying to always constantly provide information about the franchise. And, and uh, I don't know, I just try to stay active. Staying active, I think, is kind of an important thing. Whether you can stream, you know, once a week, four times a week, whatever, just uh, being consistent. And luckily, I found, you know, my niche with this game. Because not everybody can do that. Not everybody can be like, well, I'm just going to play Borderlands, <laughs> you know, make it work. So I've been very, very lucky in that regard. So I, the answer is yes. I love them both. <laughs> but if I had to choose, like if you put a gun to my head and said, you have to choose one, I'd probably go with YouTube because it's just a little more dependable um, in terms of like, you know, keeping your channel alive. I feel like Twitch right. is one of those things that's kind of eh, at all times. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, you, you are, you have half a million followers on YouTube, mm -hmm. uh, which is over double what you got on Twitch as well. Right. So right, the community yeah. is, is, is there is, I mean, is there both, you know, in bo on both platforms, let's, let's be honest, but you know, I, I guess, uh, maybe the numbers come more naturally, uh, or, or, you know, uh, on YouTube when you post videos, is that, is that a fair, um, yeah, yeah, statement? it's, um, it's definitely more consistent with uh yeah. with regards to viewership and with regards to staying afloat financially <laughs> so if borderlands stops making like or, or gearbox stops making the game mm -hmm. right what what are you what are you going back to like um, what are you gonna play well i mean there's a bunch of different games that i could play and uh i've, I've dabbled on a few things recently that have done okay on the channel uh, like I love Hades and, you know, got the mm. new Hades game coming out soon. I'll be playing that. Um, I, I'm kind of at that point in my career now where if there's going to be these big breaks between games, I definitely want to fill that time with some, uh, with some other stuff. But um, I'm also, there, there's a ton of playthroughs that I still need to do on Borderlands 2 and Borderlands 3. Um, just, you know, challenge runs and allegiance runs and things like that that I want to do as well. So, but if, if Gearbox announced tomorrow that they don't like making money anymore, <laughs> then I, I guess I'd find doubt something it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I right. highly doubt that too. So I, I feel like I'm kind of okay in that regard. But I mean, you know, Borderlands, don't get me wrong, it's a great game. And mm -hmm. I, I do agree with you. Like, you know, it, it, it doesn't really get old. Right. But mm -hmm. streaming and I, I guess being forced, I haven't done some content creation myself. I can, I can understand like, having that feeling of being forced to play a game mm. over and over and over. Right. right. Cause yeah. like you might, you, you love it mm -hmm. rightly. So, but some days you, you, you might, you wake up, you're like, I don't, I don't feel like it, right. but you have that yeah. pressure of like your, your, your audience waiting for you to, or your community to waiting for you to play. Like, what do you, how do you deal with that? Um, well, really, I, I don't have that exact feeling when it comes now there, there have been times, obviously there's been days where I'm like, I really don't want to do this playthrough anymore. Like recently I did a, um, a gauge playthrough in Borderlands two. And by the end of it, I was like, I, I, I can't, I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can so, you tell uh, us what, what a gauge playthrough is? Oh yeah. Okay. So gauge is a character on Borderlands two. She's one of the DLC characters. There was two DLC characters in that game. And, uh, her, her abilities on that game are basically the skill called anarchy where when you build up a bunch of stacks of it, your accuracy is just completely worthless, but your damage is astronomical. Okay. So you're like constantly shooting walls and ceilings and your guns are like jumping in different directions. And 
by the end of it, I was, I just I couldn't do anymore. <laughs> I was like, Did I don't want to ever play. I don't want to ever play this character ever again. <laughs> so yeah, I get moments like that, but by and large, Borderlands, and and that's the other good thing is um, I can jump between Borderlands two, Borderlands three, Wonderlands, Borderlands one, the pre sequel. There's a bunch of different games in the franchise, and they all play a little bit differently. So there's always you know something mm. to do. But uh, yeah, there, there's always going to be times um, if you're playing one game almost all the time that you're going to be like, I need a little break. And, you know, sometimes I just take a couple of days off and then I've, I feel the desire to play it again. So, yeah, no, I, I feel it. I mean, what's surprising to me is the fact that you mentioned 80s and don't get me wrong. It's a great mm-hmm. game. You know, yeah. I, I love the game myself. Like it's such so different than, oh, yeah. than Borderlands in many ways. Right. I mean, yeah. in, in many, many ways. Why Hades, you know? I love the gameplay of it. It's um that and like I said earlier, the gameplay is like my main thing. And Hades is like one of those games where uh you see like the memes all the time, like you know, a game that's ten out of ten story, design, all that. And Hades is like, in my opinion, the only game I've ever played where I'm like, everything's a ten for me. And that's saying something because like I love the Borderlands games, but I wouldn't give it a ten on everything, you know what I mean? But Hades, I feel like is basically a perfect game. And uh, there's a lot of variation in the gameplay on that as well. Lots of different things that you can do. Lots of different ways you can play it. And I don't know. I just I love the feel of that game. It kind of reminds me a little bit of old school uh, games a little bit, but with like a new twist. And uh, I don't know. I just I'm in love with Hades. <laughs> wow. I mean, I feel you. It's pretty. It's pretty great that you're you're not feeling burnt out of mm-hmm. playing one game, regardless of the game that it is. I personally cannot understand this. Like. I play one game for one night, and I'm, yeah. you know, I want to move on to the next one. Right. Um, I get that exactly. A lot. Tr- yeah, but I, that's not exactly true. Like, I'm exaggerating, of course, but still, you know, for me to finish a game, I really gotta get like, you need to grab me and keep me, and like, mm-hmm. you know, I gotta be like really uh, into that story or into that gameplay. You know, mm-hmm. especially repetitive games, because you know, you're mentioning Borderlands, it, it is you know somewhat mm-hmm. repetitive. Oh yeah, uh, Hades, same thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the nature of the the genre. Right. Um, so I enjoy it, but you know, like Hades, I probably spent you know I don't know twenty hours. Not mm-hmm. going to spend two hundred hours. That's just a personal thing. So, right. but you're able to to not get burnt out. Mm-hmm. You talked about consistency, which means you're playing like you're generating content regularly on a regular basis. For the same game isn't that like the the number one best formula to grow on twitch and youtube um i don't know if playing the same game is or not anymore i know that it was when i started out um i i feel like probably variety streaming and variety content creation is probably better if you're if you're like just now starting out as a streamer i would say probably you should diversify you should play as many things as possible as long as you enjoy playing those things. Um, I don't know if just sticking to one game is viable anymore for most people. I've kind of locked into that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Does it affect, like, your creativity of, do, like, doing the same game over and over? On Twitch is one thing, but on mm-hmm. YouTube, for example, like, in terms of, like, editing and finding, like, new ideas for playthroughs and whatnot, like, right. you scratch your head sometimes, be like, what am I going to do now, <laughs> Um, a little bit, but not that much, actually. Again, with Borderlands, there's, you know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the term Allegiance Run. It's where, um, you can only use a certain manufacturer of weapons, Mm. for example. So, like, currently I'm on a Hyperion Allegiance Run, 
with the character Flak. So if you like make a chart for all the different manufacturers and all the different characters, there's like a bunch of things to do just based on the manufacturer stuff. And then you got, you know, SMG only played through for each of the characters and you got Sniper played through. So like I, there's always something to do. It would take me probably two years to like complete all the playthroughs just based on those pieces of criteria. And then there's other challenge runs and things like that. One life playthrough where if you die, you have to start over. So lots to do, lots to do. Do you remember like your favorite playthrough ever? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. It just happened actually. It was a really recent. Yeah. Jacob's Zane. I only was able to use Jacob's weapon, which is my favorite manufacturer. They're like the old Western pistols and snipers, you know, uh, bold action. But in Borderlands three, you also have like a crank action, uh, assault rifle and things like that. It's it. And like that playthrough was just so much fun, like beginning to end, like, and I had the craziest luck all the way through it as well. Like I kept getting like all the best drops all the time. So that one was a really fun playthrough. That's, uh, seems fun. Actually. I don't know if I would do those types of runs cause I'm, you know, yeah, it's not late enough. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I would certainly wa- like, like to watch you play those runs yeah. uh, or do those runs. So, the current state of YouTube and Twitch, you being on both, going back to that 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 topic a little bit, um, with the rise of TikTok, are you familiar with TikTok? How familiar are you with TikTok? I, I, I've heard of it. Okay, <laughs> right? Is that it? No, no, I I, I have a TikTok account. I just go. never post on it. Okay. Where do you see like YouTube and Twitch like in five years time? Yeah, see, I don't know. Here, like, it's hard for me to imagine people doing things like TikTok and uh, stories and, you know, Instagram stuff and, you know, like this uh, portrait mode video stuff as a means to to make a living doing this kind of content Mm -hmm. because it just doesn't seem like there'd be that much money in it. And you'd have to, like, post, what, three or four of those a day to, like, you know, make even, you know, half of what you'd make by posting one 10 minute long video on YouTube, I would think. So I don't know. Um, I, I don't see traditional videos going away. Uh, but it, it's one of those things that, again, you need to diversify. Um, you know, me streaming on Twitch and then posting on YouTube. One of the things that would be a natural thing that I should do in addition to that is also be posting out the short form content. And that's taken me a little while to get the hang of that. So um, if anybody's starting out, make sure you do all those things. <laughs> try and, yeah, try and do just, them all. Just a lot of time, though. But like, mm-hmm. do you think like Twitch will evolve from its current state moving forward? I don't know, man. Twitch has been kind of dragging its feet on everything, it feels like. There's no discoverability really on Twitch other than if you manage to land on front page and, and that's like a crapshoot. <laughs> it seems like it, mm. it seems like there's no rhyme or reason most of the time for for front page uh you know promotion so i don't know um i, I feel like twitch it, they they honestly need to uh reevaluate a lot of things that they do and the way that they do them and if they ever get rid of uh, prime subs yikes they're probably gonna lose a lot of people to youtube at that point yeah i mean to me like one of the greatest things that TikTok has its its algorithm, mm-hmm. and you know, j- just one week I'd be like 
redesigning my apartment and I would spend a bit more time like scrolling through these interior design TikToks, for example, mm -hmm. and just TikTok would pick, pick that up and show me more of these. And mm -hmm. like in the next week is something else and the next month is something else. It's always evolving depending right. on how you use their content, right? Because mm -hmm. it's theirs at right. the end of the day, right? Like, I mean, here's here's an idea and I want to know what you think of it. Like, Twitch, people spend time on Twitch. Mm -hmm. Twitch must know what, they're, what their users are, users are doing. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if they know that one of your person that watches you, right, play Borderlands, also watches other people play Borderlands, is a big Borderlands fan, why not show them on the front page a different Borderlands creator every single time they come on the site? Yeah. Look, look at what the user likes to watch instead of like you know, because because it's it just random. You know, it's like right. oh, we're we're gonna give you front page. Here's mm -hmm. a chess player. Here's a dancer. Here's a musician. Here's a Borderlands you know streamer. Right. But like, it's not about the person. It's about them, right? Right. Yeah. Like, I think ma let's make it about the user, what they would care about, and help with discoverability. Mm -hmm. I mean, frankly, I, I I don't think that's that's a hard thing to do technically either. Right. So yeah, it shouldn't be. Why, why not? Why wouldn't they do it? Because it's Twitch. <laughs> right. What does that mean? <laughs> it means that they're very set in like their, their ways of doing things or not doing things. And I, I don't have high hopes for them to evolve. Um, I feel like they're, they're kind of like, this is what we do and good luck. Yeah. I, I wonder like, cause Mixer died we all know what what, mm -hmm. what happened to mixer um i don't think it died i think it got killed mm -hmm. <laughs> really yeah well i mean you know it didn't die of old age it's just you it just you got killed um if if twitch if, it, if that happens to twitch mm -hmm. which i'm not saying i think it, it will but if it does where would people go you think they'd go like to like youtube or is that is that like an open like an opportunity for someone else or another platform to 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 become something um yeah i mean i i feel like if twitch were to like start to die off i think that would probably scare away other potential streaming platforms from even trying because if they see like mm. the giant of the streaming industry couldn't even stay profitable then how are they going to so i think it would just all fall to youtube and then everybody's eggs are in one basket and we have another adpocalypse. Lord help us. <laughs> <laughs> right. But let's but say, you know, say they die mm -hmm. or they get killed. Wouldn't, wouldn't the, the main issue be the fact that they haven't listened to their community and they're, Absolutely. They're, they were passive the whole time, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, if someone or a group of people are ambitious or, or have ideas and want to listen to the community, like maybe... It's not, it won't stop them for, for doing it the right way or doing a different way. Let's put right. it out, you know, let's say, let's say it differently, maybe. Um, so I hope it wouldn't scare off people because it's one thing to be like, to be passive about the industry, about the community and be like, Hey, we do our stuff. If you guys are, are interested then fine, if not, you know, so be it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then fail at that. Versus being very proactive, trying to make it work, trying to you know being very like in tune with the in, with the community 
and then failing because then i would be like yeah like that means that the medium is dying you know then that would you know equate that's a good point it's actually a really good point and i think if anybody out there were to try and be like okay let's do all the things that the users want but still be advertiser friendly then they would have like a gold mine on their hands i would say it's it's it would be very difficult though of mm-hmm. course because we've yeah. seen it you know like people are still on twitch oh yeah and i haven't seen the the latest numbers but you know i'm pretty sure twitch is doing fine mm-hmm. you know they're not i haven't seen their numbers but i'm just saying you know it's there, there's still some very big creators people are still kind of growing on there right so you know um you're still going against a beast like but you know we'll see what the future holds for streaming i know i know tiktok has been pushing streaming quite a bit mm-hmm. so yep we'll see what happens yeah, maybe, anybody, maybe you should try streaming on tiktok yeah, i was gonna say anybody who uh, <laughs> anybody who's a partner on uh, twitch there's nothing in your contract that says that you can't also co-stream to tiktok now so yeah you can co-stream a lot of people co-stream mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they, yeah, you just go on TikTok. It's a great. the The only thing that maybe would be more difficult is, is interacting with the platform. Oh yeah, right, definitely. Um, but it's a great window to get discovered, and it doesn't matter how big or small you are. Like this can open the door to dozens, hundreds, maybe thousands of people to mm-hmm. to to find out you you even exist because yeah, you know. Now, I want to jump into a segment. It's actually a new segment um, called You Said What? So here it is. Mr. Beast showed off that his help led to nearly half a million dollars in revenue. Mixed response to Mr. Beast helping grow another channel on YouTube. So you said... Small YouTuber, dude, there's some disconnect, right? You said that to Mr. Beast on Twitter. What's the story behind this? Um, so I believe that, I, I can't remember, this has been a while back, but I believe that the person had over 100,000 subscribers and was being called a small channel, <laughs> if I'm remembering correct. Um you know, for me, a small channel is like, you know, 10,000, 15,000 followers, subscribers, what have you. So, um, Mr. Beast, like, um, going with like a channel that has hundreds of thousands of subscribers already and calling it a small channel, which, you know, comparatively to Mr. Beast, sure, that's a small channel, but most people would, you know, probably trade a left arm to have a hundred thousand subscribers starting out. So, um, yeah. If I'm remembering correct, I that's that one's been a while. You, you dug deep for that one. Good job. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> oh, it's okay. our producer. So uh, good job, producer. Yeah, I don't even remember the details of that one to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for example, it's all a matter of perspective. Maybe mm-hmm. I mean, are are you saying that Mr. Beast um was like trying to? get some clickbait in there to like get a small streamer to become bigger or help generate revenue or was it maybe that the fact that because of how big he is 
is just for him, 100K subscribers is small. Just like a billionaire, like buying a $100,000 car is really cheap. For most people, it's expensive. Right. You know? In my mind, it was more along the lines of like, um, when like somebody asked Bill Gates how much he thinks a loaf of bread costs. And he's like, I don't know, like $10 or, you know, something like that. Whereas Mr. Beast is like, what's a small, you know, YouTuber, a hundred thousand, I guess <laughs> yeah. that, that was where my mind was at with that whole thing. It wasn't like an attack on Mr. Beast and I didn't really harbor any ill will or anything like that. I just thought that there's like a real disconnect when it comes to what a small channel is. <laughs> Yeah, like, because in if reality, you wanted like, to help out a small channel, go find somebody that has ten thousand subscribers who you you see that they're they have the potential there and they haven't found their audience yet, and promote somebody like that. Somebody that has a hundred thousand, sure, it's still awesome that he helped them. I'm not knocking that at all. It's still awesome that you know Mr. Beast, you know, went out of his way to help somebody. Um, anytime you're helping somebody else, it's awesome. But to call that a small channel, I think, is a bit a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I mean, statistically, it's actually the 1%. It's in the 1% <laughs> of channel right. or maybe maybe 2% on YouTube. I'm, you know, yeah, I, I think but, it's probably closer to 2% now, but yeah, too. Yeah, but like it's still, <laughs> you know, there's 98 yeah. other percents that, you know, are not mm-hmm. um, being included in that in that state because like, you're, you're right. I think small would be, um, I don't know. I mean, zero to two a few thousand let's put right. it that way you know yeah and so, if mr beast happens to see this episode you know i'm kind of a small streamer and small channel myself if you want to <laughs> need some help i gotta push you to like give me give me the, a little boost man to the 10 million mark <laughs> yeah i'm um, not sure i want that kind of attention honestly <laughs> <laughs> well well uh, maybe we'll reach out and, and see what, what okay. we can do <laughs> <laughs> no but it, the reality is as well like I, i'd love to to give um, Mr. Beast, the benefit of the doubt, which is something I like to do in general, but like, you know, because in reality, I don't think he necessarily benefits from helping like a hundred thousand dollars, dollar subscriber channel. It's more like, cause he could help a, a channel with a hundred subscribers, mm-hmm. you know, it could, he br- could bring that channel up mm-hmm. somehow. It's going to be more difficult. I don't want to get into the nitty gritty, but I'm just saying like, he has the power of impacting much smaller channels in reality right. so yeah um maybe um for for another time but i understand like he he was building a consulting service mm-hmm. right so do, do you agree with like do you disagree agree with that that idea of you know consulting service to grow a channel no not at all no i think it's a great thing uh i think if anybody knows how to build a channel it's obviously mr beast um, yeah. he started with nothing and he was consistent and uploaded and, and did it his way. And, um, I, I think that his story would make like a really awesome, like documentary or movie too, like the, and where he like came from and where he's become and what he's become now. And, uh, and the fact that he, he still helps others and, you know, he does philanthropy and he's just, he's a freaking legend, dude. Yeah. I remember I got, like I got his... nothing bad to say other than. I don't think a hundred thousand subscribers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I agree with that. Absolutely. One hundred percent. No, I remember his like his, his first videos when he was like counting until infinity or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I remember those. Um, so talking about, we got another one. Um, 
or you say, seems recent. I haven't had back pain like this since I fell out of the attic. <laughs> when was that? Like like yesterday or something? Like, like last week? Uh, the back pain? Yeah, it's, it's ongoing right now, as a matter of fact. I'm in a lot of pain right now, believe it or not. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I uh, to answer the part about when I fell out of the attic, maybe you might want to know that. That was the day before Borderlands 3 released. Oh, no. And I cracked a rib. I fell out of my oh. attic and hit the floor in the kitchen. I was like this close to hitting my head on the uh, the sharp pointed edge of the cabinet. And uh, I hit so hard that my glasses flew across the room, cracked a rib. And then that next day, I still stream Borderlands 3 because I loved oh, it so yeah. much. <laughs> you kind of had to, right? But yeah, wow, no that's choice. crazy. <laughs> I was in so much pain, man. <laughs> are, are you... What, what do you attribute to like, your back pain uh, like when I was two. 17, I helped my dad, uh, who was a master electrician. I helped him on this job, and there was like a um, like a bench thing that I had to like lean across with a hammer drill. I don't mm. know if you've ever used a hammer drill; it's heavy, yeah, sure, and yeah. it like it shakes real violently. So I'm like leaning across this thing like an idiot instead of like getting up on a on a ladder or something. I'm leaning across this thing, and and like you know five seconds into, I'm like, ooh, I felt like that that pain in your lower back. And uh, ever since then, I've had like reoccurring issues with it. Hmm. A- any tips for keeping keeping it keeping it under control? Uh, lidocaine. Get the lidocaine rub. Rub it on your back. <laughs> that feels b- pretty good after a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I don't like to use medications at all. So uh, for me, I just I have a heat pad. Like um, plug it into the wall, kind of heat pad. Exercise uh, at all? Uh, no, that's why I'm fat. <laughs> but no if you if you exercise that would probably help as well because i've got yeah. a bit of a gut and i'm sure that's not helping with the situation well, I mean, well especially like like you know back muscles to mm-hmm. me like because i i have on and off back pain as well mm-hmm. and i i started rolling actually mm-hmm. nice and and you know it's really good for the back it's good for you know many muscle groups but very good oh, for yeah. the back and so uh when i started rolling my back pain went away. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is that, and it might be coincidental, but sometimes that like, for example, I would, I would feel uh, sick. I would get like a cold or something or flu, like the flu or whatever. Oh, COVID, mm-hmm. you know, right. <laughs> imagine that. So, <laughs> and I would not row, um, let's say for like a week, right? Cause I'm sick. Well, guess what? After seven days and a half, my back pain would come back, mm-hmm. you know? It's it's that crazy, and it didn't happen once. It happened happens quite often. Huh? Yeah, like as soon as I stop exercising, mm-hmm. it just comes back, you know. Yeah. And then I gotta wait, and then it stops me from exercising even more because I, mm-hmm. you know, it's really hard to exercise when your back is really painful. Right. So you gotta wait until it gets a little bit better at least, and then you can get back to it. But sometimes it makes me not exercise for like a month. Right, and it's like, and then you go back to it. But it's like I don't, I never want to stop because then mm-hmm. I'll be fine, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that easy. Yeah, it's good to get into that uh, routine. That's something that I'd, I never really got into, and I I need to. And I, I feel like it's almost too late for me at this point, but I know it's not. No, it's so not. I just need to. Uh, I just really need to. One of the things that I love to do is I like to just get out and walk. I used to love to jog, but right now, if I jog, I my back is immediately just tore up. So. Maybe uh, after I get used to walking for a while again, I'll be able to get back to jogging because I I used to love to jog. 
it's hard on the back though yeah you're right mm-hmm. i mean it's hard on, on, on many things really like that's yeah, why rowing i like it because like, like it, it's really smooth right like yeah. the whole motion is really smooth so yeah i thought about not... getting a rowing machine a while back is yeah. that what you do you do a rowing yeah. machine yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. nice uh, it's really uh it's really fun i mean it's really hard because I, I push myself quite a bit doing it mm-hmm. but I, I i really see the benefits not just for the back but like the energy mm-hmm. that i get from just exercising regularly right um being more tone, being more, you know, like, you know, there, there's so many benefits mentally as well, you know, mm-hmm. right? So it's uh, highly recommended. I mean, to you, um, but to anyone, uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's what fun. And I, I like the fact that you can, like, it doesn't take too much space because, like, you can just bring it up to the wall, right? Mm-hmm. You roll it up to the wall, yeah. it stands on its own, right? So mm-hmm. you don't need to have, like, a huge apartment right. to have a rolling machine, which nice. is, you can't say the same for every single, you know, uh you know fitness uh, machines out there right. right so it doesn't take too much space it's uh it's it's easy on your uh, articulations whatnot so mm-hmm. um yeah good stuff but um i hope the back pain goes away you, you know I, I know i know it sucks man you yeah know, you <laughs> it know. comes and goes yeah yeah got another segment here best of the worst okay we got how many again our producer did that um <laughs> 10 questions. It's like a this or that kind of deal. Gotcha. So, ready? Ready. Okay. Get punched by Mike Tyson or get kicked by Bruce Lee? Oh, I'll take the kick from Bruce Lee. Always be broke or never experience love? Always be broke. What's the square root of 23? 69. <laughs> Correct. Live down north or up south? down north i guess that's technically where i'm at right now i'm in the the lower part of west virginia so that's down north (laughs) right it's true have a big butt or big head big butt never speak again or speak all your thoughts out loud Uh, speak all my thoughts out loud i'm pretty honest share a room with r kelly or 20 venomous snakes i'll take the snakes man Always have to drop an f bomb every sentence, or split, or spit every time you speak. Uh, I already do the f bomb, so I'll stick with that one. <laughs> Poop your pants or throw up on your shirt. Um, ooh, that's a tough one. That's the toughest one yet. I'm gonna take throw up on my shirt, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, that's a tough one right there. It's man. a tough one because yeah. like you you got the smell, you know. Like if you throw up on your shirt, you got the smell coming up. Right. Your nose. Yeah. If you and poop it's your more pants, visible. Yeah, it's more visible. If you poop yeah. your pants, you can just run to the bathroom. Like and, it, and, and if it's winter, like it's like warms you up a bit. You know, it's yeah. not like you know, it's All not. Right. You're you're warming good. me up to the idea of pooping my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Something I never thought I would say. <laughs> uh, um, last one we got, maybe an even harder one. Frankly, Borderlands Two. Or Borderlands 3. Not hard at all for me. Borderlands 3 all day. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Thanks for playing. It's an absolute pleasure to have had you today on the podcast. It's uh, It was great to get to know, well, I guess, the person behind the screen. Uh, even for people that know you, people that maybe don't know you as much. I invite them all to get to know you more by finding you on youtube twitch twitter tiktok i like to say tiktok soon question mark i'm on there if you want to find me but... right 
Guys, just Killer6, it's K-I-1-1-E-R-S-I-X, all right? The two L's are ones everywhere on all these platforms. Thank you, Jay. An absolute pleasure. Thank again. you. And we'll see you guys next week with another episode of Streamforge Radio. Thanks for listening.